And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. 23 minutes past the hour of noon on this thirsty Thursday. Joining us now, as promised, R.J. Ochoa for Blogging the Boys. R.J., how are we on this Thursday? I'm doing great, Ward. Uh, happy NFL kickoff. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot to keep up with, but uh, that's the fun of it all. It is game day. Are you excited? Is it a national um, holiday? It should be. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's actually, though, uh, so stressful. I, I, I think I told you I was going to smoke a, a pulled pork, and I just got so busy I forgot to go get all the groceries. So, uh, <laughs> that, that might have to happen later on this weekend. RJ Chua with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Nick Bosa gets a contract with the 49ers. We all knew that that was going to happen before game number one or had a pretty good idea that they were not going to let this linger anymore. Finally give up the bag for him. Does that help Micah Parsons in his quest coming up very shortly? Yeah, I think yesterday was a, a great time to be uh, in Micah Parsons' close circle. Um, I, I would offer that yesterday really kind of set the, the low floor, um, just kind of the, the get-in price uh, to start negotiations with Micah Parsons. Now, uh, you know, we run into this a lot for people who don't know. The Cowboys can't negotiate with Micah. That's just NFL rules, part of the CBA until the NFL season is over or until the Cowboys season is over. But the moment it is, I mean, this is, this is the contract the Cowboys have been building towards now for the last two years from the moment Micah really kind of began to show his dominance. And it's clear and it's obvious that Micah Parsons is going to become the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. And yesterday gave us a little bit of a clearer picture of what exactly that's going to look like. Well, even Jerry Jones alluded to it when he was making the Zach Martin deal or not making the Zach Martin deal as part of the, verbiage that he used is we've got other players to play i.e. coming up Micah Parsons yeah and I mean there are other players besides him I mean the Cowboys have done a great job of taking care of certain things obviously they got Trayvon Diggs done at the beginning of training camp they took care of Malik Hooker uh, obviously Donovan Wilson Leighton Vanderish got paid even at the beginning of the offseason Terrence Steele just got paid this week Zach Martin got his contract resolved but Dak Prescott and that extension still lingers. C.D. Lamb's going to need a new deal at a certain point. And we all obviously have some, some high hopes and some high expectations for, for Dak and C.D. and for Micah this particular season. And so, you know, it's one of those kind of catch-22 situations. The better they play, the higher those numbers are going to go up. It's very possible uh, that in whatever it is, eight months' time, the Cowboys have handed out the biggest contract in the NFL or in NFL history on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball because that's what it's going to take to ultimately make some status quo with both Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons. Is this the time for the Cowboys, in your opinion, just because of one thing, and that is the age of this, the combined age of this roster? It's one of the oldest in the NFL. You know, I think that they have that number inflated a little bit by the likes of Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, right? They're some of the longer mm -hmm. in the tooth players. Um, you know, they have a, an incredible amount of young talent. In fact, they have so much young talent that, you know, they got rid of a, a lot of their 2021 draft class. I mean, just two years ago, you know, these players are drafted and the Cowboys moved on from a handful of them. And so um, I think that if, if I have to pick, I, I don't, totally agree with the time is now the windows now we've seen nfl teams look like their windows were shut busted back open again but if there is one sort of driving factor of that idea to me it's the the field in the nfc right i mean you know it's not going to be this week forever you're not going to have this top heaviness with 
you know, three teams that we think it's going to be between Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. This time next year, I would imagine New York has closed the gap a bit. Maybe Washington's come along, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, if Justin Fields can ultimately, you know, do some nice things. Who knows if Arizona gets Caleb Williams, maybe New Orleans and Derek Carr or Bryce Young in Carolina. I mean, you have this massive advantage. You have the longest tenured starting quarterback in the NFL, not just the NFC. And you have, you know, some of your better players, perhaps your best player, Micah Parsons, on some cheap contracts relative to what they're ultimately going to make. And so those are the circumstances that I think are, are more pressing in my mind than the age of the roster on an average basis. What is the best thing that you saw from this football team coming out of the preseason? I think their, you know, their intentions on offense, their, you know, obviously we didn't see Dak Prescott play, but um, and, and he's a different you know, quarterback than Will Greer or Cooper Rush, um, obviously than Trey Lance, who we haven't seen it either. But um, th- it's clear that the West Coast principles are at play. The Cowboys are, are clearly going to be focused on some high percentage throws, some I don't want to call it underneath things, but, you know, that's that's typically the highest percentage stuff you can get stuff with your running backs down low to the tight ends. Obviously, those crossing routes and drag routes, you can get receivers that are fast involved in and it really feels like the Cowboys are, are heavily focused um, on, on getting the ball in the hands of their dynamic playmakers. And so if that's true, if that's the case, they have a lot of them. And if they're serious about not just the obvious names like C.D. Lame and Brandon Cooks, but Deuce Vaughn and Cavante Turpin having an actual tried and true role, then it's really easy to be excited about what they're going to do over the course of the entire regular season. I know it's pretty obvious, but does this offense go only as far as Dak can take them or does he have some help? I think he has help. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a fence-riding answer because at the end of the day, he is the quarterback, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have tailored this offense, I wouldn't say around him, but around somebody who possesses the skill set that he does. That's the foundation of the West Coast offense. It's a quarterback that can kind of serve as that surgeon that, that orchestrates and architects things in the right way. But, I mean, they have also been – in, in the same light beyond, you know, putting more on his plate, they've also taken some off of it by giving him these dynamic playmakers, by giving him Brandon Cooks, by, you know, by letting Tony Pollard have a, a larger role in the offense. These are our faster, you know, more explosive playmakers who can generate more space against, you know, whatever given defender happens to be guarding them at a moment's time. And so those things help Dak Prescott out and help the, the responsibility that has been elevated on his shoulders to not feel so massive. And so, um, it's football cliche, but, but it is a, a team sport, a team game, and, and all 11 players have to be operating in perfect synchronization for things to ultimately work out. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, R.J., how different is this Texas Coast offense really going to look once they take the reins off and we see it for real? I think it will be, you know, I think maybe Sunday night at midnight, 1 a.m., whatever. We're like, holy crap, Tony Pollard had nine catches. You know, like what? Jake, Jake Ferguson had eight catches, you know, for, you know, 23 yards. I think it will be these kind of, I don't want to call it dink and dunk, but these underneath things that are, you, you know, if you average, you know, four yards a play, I mean, that's enough. And I'm not saying that that's the goal because I do think that we'll see some explosive plays because of players like Brandon Cooks and certainly CeeDee Lamb. But I think that, that that's where it will feel the most obvious. It, it will feel like, man, I can't believe Dak threw the ball 44 times because they were these kind of quick, easy completions. And maybe it is a matter or a manner, excuse me, of, man, his completion percentage was 86%. I think it will be things along those lines. I think the Cowboys want to maximize 
security. They don't want to, you know, necessarily do anything to, to take the ball out of the hands of an offense that they know can compete. And so those are the things that I'm, I'm anticipating. But again, they've kept the, the sheet on top of this very tight. And so it's going to be really anxious or, or really anxiety inducing to see it all unfold on Sunday night. RJ, with the addition of Brandon Cooks, does that open up the game even more for CeeDee Lamb and I don't want to say a breakout year, but could he have even a better year than we've seen for him before? Because he now has a little bit of protection on the other side. Yeah, I certainly think so. You know, last year was was kind of the first one that that CD was was the sort of tried and true alpha of the Cowboys, and obviously Amari Cooper wasn't involved, and that was a big reason for that. But um, it's it's difficult to to you know flex your alphaness when the player opposite of you is Noah Brown, right? When, mm-hmm. when Dennis Houston is running around in your offense with you, and so Brandon Cooks is somebody who will make you pay if you decide to double C.D. Lamb. You are taking a huge risk against the player as explosive as Brandon Cooks, and so maybe it is a slower burn in that sense. Maybe we do see NFL teams take a little while to wake up to the fact that hey, Brandon Cooks is a real thing. Um, but I completely agree. I mean. You know, if you want to throw some numbers, I mean, maybe 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. But I think a season along those lines is well within the range of possibility for CD. On the other side of the ball for this defense, how good can this defense be, RJ? I mean, you know, people say the best in the NFL. Um, and that that's weird to me because that that could be bad, right? Like like if the, if the whole league stinks and you're the best, like that might not be great. But, um, I mean, a year ago I thought, for sure they were going to regress. There was no way they were going to generate as many takeaways, and sure enough, they generated more. Um, and that was with Trayvon Diggs having eight fewer interceptions than he did in 2021. They, they have all the potential in the world to be, I mean, call it doomsday, call it Legion of Boom, call it, you know, whatever you want. Everybody loves to go 85 Bears. They have all the potential in the world to be an all-time defense. They have an all-time pass rusher. They have maybe the best cornerback duo in the NFL. They have other certainly more than qualified pass rushers and Demarcus Lawrence and Sam Williams. They have a, a, a general in the middle and Leighton Vanderesh who understands the defense schematically all the way through and can execute things flawlessly. They have depth everywhere. I mean, they have so many corners that it's, it's unbelievable. They have so many safeties. I mean, I can't believe that in my lifetime, the Cowboys have too many safeties uh, to get on the field all at once. And that's because they might play five of them on the field at once. And more than anything, they have an architect in Van Quinn who knows how to, you know, drive this car. This is, you know, this is an F1 vehicle. That's what this defense is. And Dan Quinn is Max Verstappen. You've got the best machine, the best driver. And so you're going to go out and hopefully set a bunch of records in the process. When you look at this, you know, in previous years, you and I have talked, the offense has to protect the defense a little bit. Just help them out. Help them down the road a little bit. And then maybe it was the defense has to help this offense and and be able to, you know, get them field position, get them turnovers, do what they have to do to make it easier on the offense. Is this the first year in a while we've seen maybe this is going to be complimentary football from this football team? Yeah, and I know that these are statements that scare everybody and terrify everybody because, you know, we've been burned so many times in the past. And um, the, the squad or the year, the team that it, it reminds me the most of is the 2008 Cowboys. And, and that team – I, I know you remember entering the final year at Texas Stadium. I mean, the script was just kind of set for this all-time sort of season. Mm-hmm. They had 13 Pro Bowlers the year before they were returning. They had two first-round draft picks on their team and Felix Jones and Mike Jenkins. They traded for Roy Williams in the middle of the year, Pac-Man Jones, Tank Johnson, all of it. 
and they fell flat. They were an embarrassment, and Romo got hurt, and Felix Jones got hurt, and Matt McBride got hurt, and they got blown out 44-6 to in Week 17 with a playoff trip on the line in Philadelphia, of all places. And so, I mean, look, they have fumbled this every possible way, right? Like, they have found all of the excruciating ways to, to be disappointing, and I get that, but this is an incredibly talented team. I mean, they are top five, top whatever you want to call it, in all of the important categories. They have coaches and coordinators and, and play callers on both sides of the ball that recognize the talent they have and that have been there and that have scars. I mean, you know, we obviously know Dan Quinn has the deepest of possible scars. Mike McCarthy now has some scars with the Cowboys. Everybody involved, you know, has more than enough skin in the game to know what's at stake and to understand, you know, the, the weight of the crown that they're all wearing on their head. And so it's not now, I don't know when, but, but this is one of the, the, the teams in Dallas Cowboys recent history that has the best chance ever to kind of finally put an end to the drought. Coming up on Sunday night, it's the New York Giants. And for Sunday night, what does this offense in your mind have to do to be able to do what they want to do for one, but also take control of this football game? You know, the Cowboys actually trailed the Giants um, on Thanksgiving Day at halftime. I think that, you know, they, they kind of put things away in the third quarter and that's all, you know, forgotten. But um, a really common expression that, you know, the Internet used with the Cowboys last year was playing with their food. Um, and and it was, they were just kind of a team that, that, you know, wouldn't put their foot on you and wouldn't, wouldn't kind of just go for the jugular. And um, in that sense, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they have to come out and, I don't know if you saw their theme for the year is Carpe Omnia, which is seize everything, kind of a, a 300 sort of mentality. But um, I think you just have to go out. And again, it's football parlance and it's cliche and it's lame, but you just have to kind of be yourself. I don't think you have to try, you know, to do anything or be anything that you're not because you are a better football team. This is a better football team than the Giants. And I understand the Giants are, are ascending. Um, but, you know, if you try too hard, that's how you open the door for this to kind of turn a different direction. So I think if you're the Cowboys right now, all you got to do is, is just go be you. And again, I, I know how Disney and movie-ish that sounds, but um, if you're yourself, then that should be more than enough on Sunday night. What about this defense to slow down Daniel Jones in that offense? Is is it just the same type of thing, be yourself and and keep the game in front of you? Yeah, I mean, and some of that is it's week one, and, and Mike McCarthy has noted that, you know, about 30% of things and 30% of what each team does is, is unknown and is unseen because, you know, everybody's been keeping things so close to the vest. You don't have uh, as much film as you do on a team, say, by the time November hits. But um, in that respect, it's obviously division rivalry, and you know this team well, and, and the Cowboys know this quarterback well. And because he is a mobile threat, I think you can't try to get too cute. I mean, we know that Daniel Jones can get out of the pocket or mm -hmm. climb the pocket and even run and pick things up on the ground. And so you do not need to get out of your element and give them any sort of extra chances because, you know, I don't have to try very hard, Ward, to give you some, some heartburn ahead of next Sunday. The Cowboys <laughs> drop this game. They're 0-1, they're right? Let's just live in that world. Say the Eagles beat the Patriots on Sunday. They are favorites. The Eagles are now 1-0, and the Eagles play on Thursday night next week. So say they beat the Vikings. So you know going into next Sunday when you're 0-1, that the Eagles already have 2-0 and in their hand, and next Sunday is a date with the boogeyman, Aaron Rodgers, who has never lost in your building. So you've got all that pressure <laughs> that, that can, can mount on you, you know, in a flash. And it sounds silly and it sounds dramatic, but that's the way this goes. The flip side of that 
is you get this win, you're 1-0, obviously, but you're 1-0 in the division. You're in first place by that nature. You're 1-0 you're in your three road division games right off the bat, uh, right off the rip, and you beat this Jets team, and all of a sudden you're 2-0 with a trip to Arizona facing your future. So, I mean, you don't – you can't, you know, win or lose the Super Bowl in week one, but you can make things a lot more difficult for yourself if you try to get too few. The biggest worry on this football team has to be in special teams, and I guess you could circle the kicking uh, position for that for most part. How long is the rope there? Is is it? Are we going to have to suffer through if it doesn't work, or is there a backup plan? Do you think? I think you know if I had to put a length of time, I'd say a month, right? You know, okay. if, if things are are really bad, then maybe that's when we see them make a, a switch or kicker, but. Um, you know, they've, they've come all this way, right? You know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, come here to, you know, cash out because they lose the first hand, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, they've, they've qualified for the world series of poker. They've sat down, they've got their token on their cards, their sunglasses <laughs> on their face. And so, Hey, you know, if the, if the flop doesn't go your way or the river or the turn, just take a breath, you know what I mean? Get a coffee, wake yourself up and, and know that, you know, it's a 17 game season. It's a battle of attrition. You have to survive. R.J. Achilla, blogging the boys with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And one more un-Cowboy-related question for you tonight. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. R.J., are you buying the hype train for the Detroit Lions at all? Ward, I love you so much for asking this question. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I, look, the, the Lions are, are cute and fun. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, as a devout Christian, I know the story of David and Goliath. Well, but this is not <laughs> David and Goliath. Uh, th this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus, you know, the, the cowardly lion. I really, I mean, again, I think that everyone wants this to be true and is trying to manifest it into reality, but, um, I just, I would not bet against the chiefs and it will be hilarious with, if they are without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones if they just wax this Lions team. And then, you know, to hear all the excuses about like, well, you know, at least they were competitive and they almost made the playoffs. I mean, we're, I can't recall a team that has had so many benefits of the doubt extended towards them the way that the Lions have. I know that people want to see a new team and a new story, but it's just not there for me quite yet. Thank you very much. RJ Achua blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. RJ, enjoy the weekend of football and we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, there he goes, R.J. Ochoa. See, he's not buying it either, Aaron. He's right there with us. Yeah, like I said, I'm not. I'm not on that train. I think they'll be a pretty decent team, but not great. I think they'll be the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay right there. We'll talk more football.